Hey, this is Jake the Snake Roberts, and you're listening to Wolfie D, live and in color. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D, from his time in the territories with PG-13, to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits, and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. All right, folks, welcome, welcome, welcome to Live in Color, Wolfie D, and my man, Jimmy, across the street. Jimmy, I'm under the weather today, and uh, we're going to see how good your editing is, because I'll probably cough and sniff a thousand times during this show, and if the people don't hear it, that means Jimmy is a great editor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am on, I think I'm on, I'm ready for it, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so man. feel as sick as you want, Wolfie D. We're good. Oh, I don't want to feel this way. Yeah, I well, know. I get it. Yeah. Was it because you've been out in the air taking that that ring down with the skeletons in it? Yeah, I don't know what it was, man. <laughs> I think it's the damn kids because they each one of um, them had a little crud this week, and yeah, and I was I jinxed myself telling uh, Michelle. I said, "Man, y'all stay sick." I said, "I, I said I've been with you three and a half years." I said, "I've been uh, sick once, I think." Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah. this morning, I'm all. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks, man. I hate that feeling. You know, it's like I dread getting sick. It's just that thing that I, because I'm kind of, um, I'm not the, I'm not of a very nice guy when I'm sick. I'm kind of grumpy, you know? So anyway, well, I was just curious if maybe you got sick taking that ring down because you're what? You're 49, right? 49? Yes, sir. And then you started wrestling, what, around like 15, 16, something like yeah. that? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a little over well, hold on. That's um, my math, mathing. But yeah, that's a good while. And so that ring that was in your front yard, if mm-hmm. the listeners have been keeping score mm-hmm. with our conversations, was yep. the very first ring you've taken down ever. All by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you had to take it down by yourself. Yeah. And that was the payback for all the times. That you skipped out. It about killed me. I had to I take bet. many, many breaks and, you know, the old back and hip and all that. So. But I did it. Did it all Paying for it now, man. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Well, well, until next year. So. <laughs> got top 10, and we went back and forth on this, on what we was going to call this show. Yeah. Our top 10, oh my God moments. Yeah, I lay it. Yeah, I think that's it. I was just whatever you just said right there is what we're calling it because I guess so. It's chiseled in stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So, in, in other words, uh, the way we talked about this, and for the listeners, this is kind of the way we're going to do it. Is just for me, it was stuff that actually made me go, "Wow," or you know, popped me in some sort of way. Yeah, um, and a lot of it is going to be stuff from when I before I got in the wrestling business because. After I get in, you know, it's a lot harder to pop you anyway. <laughs> right, of course, yeah. There <laughs> but, is that level of that, right? I mean, that's a real yeah. thing, you know. Because it just, like, the new wears off almost. It's kind of yeah. like, it's not like you don't still love the business, but it's in a different love. It's a different love. It's kind of yeah. like when you knew somebody and you were longtime friends with them, you have love for them. But right. then also the love you have for your spouse. It's kind of yeah. a different kind of thing. But yeah. I, I don't know where I'm going with like, that. Um, I, after I got in the wrestling business, I've been around so many over the top, uh, just personalities, you know, mm-hmm. funny dudes, man. So like 
I don't want to say that there's not other funny people outside of wrestling, but it's harder to make me laugh. <laughs> sure. I believe that. Oh, totally. I mean, I, it's got to be, man. You drove around with Jamie for yeah, 20 exactly. years. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm sure you were constantly laughing, and I'm sure he was too. So, yeah. anyway, I think that's the good way to say it. So, it, just for the listener, it's coming from like a personal, oh, my yeah. God. But it, to, just for the idea of the name of the show we're just going to call it top 10 oh my god moments and you'll get the point it could be holy shit it could be holy cow it could be whatever you like to hear but it's something shocking something that popped us something yeah. that was crazy right. and and anything after that but i, I yeah. just you know I, i'm interested because i think these are not going to be very many doubles you know so I, 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 we'll see we'll see yeah, we'll see yeah, we'll I don't, see. I don't like it when it gets like that. <laughs> but we we think a lot of like on uh, wrestling stuff, you know. We do, yeah. So, all you're, right. You're my, uh, you know, so like I have Kenny Steele, who was my Qui Gon Jinn, then I kind of have Shane Martin, who was my Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my Yoda. Because he was the ultimate master, dude. Yeah, come he's on, a little bitty green guy. Come on. Well, okay, you can be whoever you want, Darth Vader. Then, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. I'll be Anakin. <laughs> Anakin, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's take a break and let's come back and let's start this top ten. All right, sounds good. We'll be right back with Anakin Skywalker after these messages. Ah! <laughs> hey, folks, to get your official live and in color with Wolfie D merchandise go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash live Wolfie D check it out if you're listening to live and in color with Wolfie D on Apple podcast and like what you're hearing go ahead and leave a five-star rating and while you're at it write a review tell us what you liked Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, we are back. Top 10 Oh My God moments. Personal Oh My God moments. Yes. Um, Jimmy, uh, as usual, I'll start it out with my number 10. Okay. And go up to, to five. We'll take a break and we'll come back and do our top five. Love it. All right. So, man, let me say this. The more I thought on this, I kept thinking, you know, scratch one off. No, that one's better than this one. There's so many. There's so Mm -hmm. many. You know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. There really is, if you really think about it. Shit that was like good. But, all right. So, my number 10, and this is kind of a funny one to start it with, because I was kind of saying that most of this stuff is going to be before I got into the wrestling business, because... I wasn't watching live probably on some of the stuff that happened in the time that I was in the business. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't, but I was actually watching this live and I thought it was cool. Uh, Brock Lesnar flipping the ring upside down with the tractor last year. I think it was. Oh yeah. (laughs) dude. I thought that was very creative and cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was different, man. That was not, that was almost like something stone cold would have done, you know? Exactly. exactly. And again, you know, that's the one thing I was going to say is during your heyday where you were literally, you and Jamie and a couple other guys were keeping Memphis afloat. It's the last territory. You guys were wrestling whenever raw and nitro were on, you know? So it was not like you were getting to watch all that. So yeah, that's, that's definitely, 
I would say one of the most surprising moments in the past year and two year or two for sure. As yeah. far because they just don't seem to do as, or maybe it just doesn't pop us like it used to. You know, <laughs> yeah. That, but that was one that I was watching, and when it happened, I was like, oh, that's cool. You know. Yeah, I mean, he was doing anything he could to beat Roman Reigns, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if anybody, uh, Jesus going to come back and can't beat Roman Reigns, you know, so, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that's a, that's a good moment. I, I, I don't know, you know, that's that, nothing more I can say really other than I thought it was a very stone cold like moment, which yeah. I, I liked. I liked that personality turn of Brock, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. There's a funny video out there. It's actually, you can see it sometimes on Facebook reels and Instagram and stuff. Uh, uh, there's this guy, Brock selling over in the corner and the, in the, the, the ring is basically turned up almost to like, I don't know, however many degree angle there. Yeah. And he's leaning over selling like he's about to after the matches and Roman Reigns music is playing. And there's this redneck fan yelling at Brock, come on, Brock. You ain't hurt. <laughs> Rub some dirt on it. And he actually pops Brock and Brock looks at him and laughs and then starts selling again. And it's just like, it's pretty funny. You ain't hurt. Put some dirt on it. You know, anyway. some dirt on it. <laughs> so, so my number 10 is probably going to surprise everyone. And only because I'm putting it number 10 and, and really it's because it was a little bit before my time as a wrestling fan. And it's something that obviously was replayed over and over, mm-hmm. but, but it was kind of before I was like probably two or three years old when it happened. So I didn't get to catch it, you know, live. I know a lot of wrestlers claim that it was the reason bully Ray, Tommy dreamer, Mick Foley, they all kind of claim it was the reason that they got into wrestling and wanted to be a wrestler. But mm-hmm. this one is Jimmy Snuka diving off the top of the cage. Oh, yeah. and, and I'm disrespecting that moment by putting it at number, Number 10, but I, I promise you, I do not mean it disrespectfully. It's just, it was something prior to my in ring knowledge. And then obviously, you know, watching the WWF, I've seen it over and over again. And yeah. it is an amazing moment. And I think it's supremely original for its time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't remember anybody doing that before it. Uh, and it could have been done before it. And, and yeah, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, mine's way up on the list there. Uh, I, yeah. I have that moment. Uh, a lot further up. Yeah. But yeah, man, I just remember that seeing him do that was just incredibly awesome. I had, you know, not seen anything like that before. And, you know, Morocco sold it. He was injured. You know, he didn't pop yeah. up. I know that jumping off the top of the cage now is nothing. Uh, yeah. and that would be a fucking kick out at two, probably. Right, right. But, uh, you know, back then he was hurt and it was like, holy shit. Yeah, he looked, yeah. He looked, I never took it from him, but he looked pretty stiff on his flashes anyway. So, oh man, he looks <laughs> super stiff with them. I'm coming in hot, brother. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, that probably had to affect his older days too, because his knees and elbows probably hurt oh, like, oh, constantly. Yeah. But. Um, but I mean, when you, I mean, okay. So like, have you ever, obviously you have, but somebody does the splash on you and they're very light and then they're very stiff with it. Can you, mm-hmm. do you name, can you name like experiences like that to where somebody was real stiff with it? I mean, I've been splashed by Mabel. Yeah, oh man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and and um, honestly, dude, uh, I think I might have told you this before. He uh, gave me a belly to belly one time. Yeah. 
before I was thinking, oh, this is gonna suck. But it was he was like a big old pillow, like a big yeah. water bed or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. that bad. Well, you know what's funny is that was the first story I used on our best of for the Halloween <laughs> show. Because, you know, I know he played Viscera, even though he was probably like Mabel or King Mabel at that time, right. you know, he, he actually turned into one of the Undertaker's minions and he was viscera right. and stuff. So I started it off with that story because he he played it ended up playing like a dark character so i thought i would make that the start and it was very early on so they haven't heard it in a long time but then they heard it again and now they've heard it even more but i, I like that you brought that up because you're just reiterating the fact that that man i mean it, it might have seemed almost like you know when ronnie and, was talking about bad, or he got a bad rap man for hurting people but i mean I'm not saying that he didn't, but I'm just saying anytime I ever worked with him, he was light as a feather. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, for for a 500-pound man, he was light. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. He smashed, he, you know, give the, the splash in the corner to me and Jamie. And, you know, that felt like my damn spine went through my chest. But, uh, you know, he didn't. He never hurt me. I always wondered why he didn't get over more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he got a great run. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, I feel like they could have almost used him in a sense, almost like an Andre the Giant-like character. To where yeah, I think new, it's because he was hurting people and people were bitching. Yeah, that's probably it. That's, yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> because, I mean, it was like Lex Luger had to slam Yokozuna. Why didn't John Cena have to slam, you know, or whoever was yeah. active at that time? Um, this yeah. so, anyway, yeah, that, that's a good one. I like it. Well, I so, know who didn't slam him. It was me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, did you press slam him like Animal no. did? <laughs> that's funny. All right. So we're at my number nine. Yes. And I, I, man, I dug, debated with this one whether I was going to move it up a little bit. Now, if I remember correctly, this is the first time. I don't know if it's the first table spot ever. But it's the first table spot I ever saw. In 1984, uh, Randy Savage pile drives Ricky Morton at the Mid-South Coliseum through a table. And, man, I just watched it because I wanted to make sure. Because I actually thought it was Lawler for a minute. Gotcha. And uh, so I I looked it up. Gordon Sully does the car. It's like a little news thing they were doing or something. And, you know, even though it happened in Memphis, you know, Gordon Sully was reporting it, that what happened. And, you know, of course, it's, uh, you know, a very move is outlawed, uh, especially it causes a lot of problems in the axis vertebrae. And but uh, (laughs) the pile driver, uh, you know, was a banned move in Memphis. And, um, you know, and then he puts him through the table. That was the first table break I ever saw. That, and you know what? That could be one of the earlier ones because if you think about it, that really was not popular. The first one, heck, I remember, and I know this is crazy to say, was the Terry Funk and Ric Flair, you know, and mm. where he piled drived Rick through the table and the table didn't even break. They kind of like yeah, fall backwards. Flair, yeah, wasn't Flair like holding on to the edge of the ring or something weird? Yeah, like yeah, it was really weird. Or he was like <laughs> holding himself up on right. the table. Yeah. Like standing on his hands. Right. And it's 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 kind of horrible, but it stuck with me, you know. And but yeah, that's a great moment. And honestly, that could only come from a longtime fan of Memphis that knows their stuff, you know. Because that's cool, man. And two legends, you know. That's mm-hmm. that's so good. Yeah. I like yeah. that. 
of the people. You got, you know, the ultimate baby face, Ricky Morton, young guy, you know, you got crazy Randy Savage. And like when, you know, I explained the, the pop that it got when uh, they hung me out of the balcony of the screens and stuff. You hear that on this, too. He, he gets him up on the table and holds him there for a second. There you can hear all the chicks screaming and stuff. Yeah. Different different kind of pop different kind of pop but a good one you know it's funny too is like the the idea that gordon's covering it as a news item you know which he's like the walter cronkite of wrestling you know so so, yeah the axis yeah i love that so all right my number nine and this week it's funny that you had brock lesnar as your number 10 because my number nine is brock lesnar as well but it is a different oh my god moment so i remember I was, I don't remember where I was living, but I remember I bought this pay-per-view for WrestleMania 19 and it was Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle. It was like the shooter versus the up and coming shooter. Okay. Mm. And Brock Lesnar had been pushing his way up the roster and, and, you know, doing his thing. And he actually, he does a shooting star press and he botches it and lands directly on his head. Yeah. And that to me was the stiffest looking horror. I mean, it looked horrible. And then he finishes the match. But that moment to me, I can't imagine that weighing what I weigh, much less what he weighed, you know. And I mean, impressive that he could even do that. Yeah. (laughs) Did he do that at OVW? Do you remember? I don't ever remember seeing it. Okay. He didn't, but I don't remember seeing it. Well, yeah, because apparently he did it, and then they made him stop doing it. He he didn't want to use that kind of a spot in his matches anymore but anyway yeah brutal uh, uh, that was a <laughs> I, and you know i had something similar uh on here i mean you can see this on the internet all the time now dudes right. screwing it up uh, right uh, right indie level but um i was actually gonna put and it's not on my list but i was actually gonna put uh sid breaking his leg on wcw because that was gnarly uh, mm. Mm. Uh, but i just thought eh, yeah I did say, oh, my God, and you gross and all that shit. Seriously. (laughs) I can't imagine the pain he was going through, too, man. I mean, golly, man, that was brutal. I I didn't even think about that one as an oh, my God moment. But, yeah, that's a definite horrible oh, my God moment. That that one can be an honorable mention or something. Yeah, it's definitely an honorable mention. But number nine was uh, Randy Savage, Paul Javon, Ricky Morton through the table. Thank you. I wish somebody out there knew, uh, like, was that the first table break? You know, yeah, it's a great point. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I'm, I, I okay. might, Dave Milliken or somebody would know. Yeah, we'll have to find that out. Okay, so number eight, Wolfie D. Number eight, another thing that involves a table, though it didn't break. Uh, Joe LaDuke throws Jerry Lawler from the ring, uh, over onto the announce table, and the way Lawler hit that table was, was uh, pretty brutal, but it stands out. And what goes along to when I think of that, I automatically think of that interview where he takes the axe and he cuts his forearm. Yes, dude. Oh, <laughs> man. That's forever etched in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that press slam throw onto the table. That's my number eight. That's, I mean, dude, it shows you one more time how inventive Memphis was, you know, and how original they were on things. And I, I love that. Well, this one's kind of similar to that, actually, but in a totally different way. And actually, we've talked about it to other people recently, or at least you have. You know, you talked about it with White Boy last week on the show. And this one is New Jack throwing Vic Grimes off the scaffold. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've also got that one on my list. And I yeah. debated if I wanted to put it on my list because it was um, 
it was it was mean. It was hateful. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like he tried to kill a guy. Now, at the same time, I, I put icy hot in a guy's eyes. That was pretty mean and hateful. Uh, but it's not to that level. Uh, literally <laughs> right right exactly <laughs> on top of the scaffold and he's tasing the dude first shoot he's tasing him before he hums him off i mean yeah God, yeah God. i mean that was the closest thing to uh, the owen hart the, the falling i mean right right almost like that man i could have killed that dude Right, exactly. So you're already being tased, so you know that certain level of your brain is not there to think about being protected of yourself. Yeah. And you're you're more like an escape or fight or flight, and then out of the taser, you then end up, you know, however many stories down. And this scaffold was much different, it yeah. seemed, than the you know classic Night of the Skywalker scaffold. Right. You know, they all kind of casually went down, and you know the promise of. The Midnight Express falling off that like pumpkins and watermelons, you know, that didn't happen. So, but anyway, yeah, you're right. It was mean. Nasty bump on that. (laughs) Yeah, he did because Big Bubba didn't catch him, man. That's just (laughs) Ray Trailer. What's up, buddy? But anyway, yeah. So, anyway, long story short, New Jack throwing Vic Grimes. Yes, there is a level of maliciousness in that. that Yeah. Totally different than a normal, oh my God moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely on my list. It's actually way up there. Uh, that was crazy. All right. My number seven is, uh, Jake, the snake, uh, and the Cobra biting Randy Savage's arm. Now we all know that I don't like snakes. We already talked about this. I yes. Snakes. Yeah. And I don't give a shit. If it was de-venomed or nothing, that's fucking insane <laughs> to me. Yeah, I know. And that actually made me go, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because you're like, oh, my God, Randy is about to die, you know. Yeah. But you know what's I mean, funny? you kind of knew, you right. know, you, you knew that it wasn't, it had to be some up with it. But it was still gnawing the fuck out of his arm. <laughs> right. It was gnawing him. And you know what's funny is apparently in the back, I've, have you heard the full story about this? Yeah, but he wanted, uh, Jake says Randy wanted him to take the bite first. He was like, show me it's not venomous. And he was like, oh, I promise you, here's the snake handler. He'll tell you, oh, yeah, no, show me it's not venomous. And and he made it. And, you know, the thing is, is Jake, you know, he used so many different snakes out there in the world. And he did that angle again in the coal miners glove match where actually he was trying to get this cobra to bite, you know, Sting, mm-hmm. but he actually bit Jake on the face in that Halloween Havoc coal miners glove match. But anyway, I do not recall that. But. Yeah, he, he was bit Jake on the face, and he he was selling it. But you know the the thing is, is about a a viper like that. You have to kind of hold it there because they don't want to bite and stay. You know, yeah. it's not like they're trying to eat you necessarily. They're just trying to get you away and hurt mm-hmm. you know any way they can. But anyway, yeah, dude, that was a definite oh my god moment, and I'm kind of embarrassed that i didn't have my on my list because i remember that shocking me too for sure so yeah so my number seven seems so light compared to what but it shows kind of where we are in 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 mindset you know so my number seven is and i thought this was a great oh my god moment until you said the cobra thing sean <laughs> michaels super kicking marty Janetti through the barbershop window because I mean, it was shocking. You know, you thought, okay, they've, they've had a little tiff, but they're all good. They want to be back together. They're all good. And then, bam, super kick. And honestly, I know Sean would use that kick 
in matches. But honestly, I think that was kind of really the main big start of that, other than Chris Adams, of course. Yeah. But on a main stage, he could be probably as just as responsible for the, the super kick being a high spot now. But yeah. to go through the window, because I didn't know that that was a sugar glass window at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't know that stuff existed. And yeah. just the yeah, idea. That was a, that was a, me- a very memorable moment. Everybody remembers that. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe I wasn't invested in the Rockers is why. I have, don't have that on my list. You gotcha. know I, mean? I understand. No, it, I get it. It wasn't like, uh, because <laughs> yeah, I yeah. actually, uh, I knew they were good or whatever, but I, I it came from you know, I felt like that, that's Rock and Roll Express, man. Come on, y'all. exactly. <laughs> no, you're you're right, and I agree with that 100. percent Just yeah. like Demolition to me, I never exactly. gave them the full respect. Exactly. Because they were the Road Warrior light, but the Rockers, it was like something still that I. We, you know, because like when you end up watching WWF, because I think in 88, the Rock and Roll Express were kind of out of Crockett at that time. And they had gone to work in the AWA some and they had worked in Memphis some. And I mean, they worked all around. But I remember, you know, that they I just don't remember seeing them as much in 88. And I could be wrong out there. But anyway, the Rockers kind of. Became a favorite tag team of me and my brother, and boom, he, he kicks him through the glass. It was pretty, pretty cool. So yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, number six for me is uh, uh, Eddie Gilbert running over Jerry Lawler with the car in the part of yeah. uh, Channel Five. Yes, yes. You know, Lawler used to do all those kind of crazy bumps like that, but you know, kind of before his time on some shit. With he's always been, yeah. And uh, man, that was that looked good. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. Like, has he ever told you the element of that? Because that was one thing I wish we could have talked to him about when we had him on the show. We didn't have him for long. And, you know, I don't know what else, you know, obviously he tried to get up on the hood and, you know, roll off or whatever. But I don't know how you can. I mean, you can kind of know what you're doing there. But so that's almost one of them things. You just kind of got to take it and hope just, don't go, it wasn't going too fast. Right. Right, because I know I know you've seen it. The dudes that uh, some guys wrestling in their backyard for real. There's no ring or nothing, and uh, yeah, yeah, the guy gets hit by a car. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. The listeners, go check it out. I don't know what it's called, but it's two goofs in a car. I think I don't know. Yeah, just look that up, and you'll find. <laughs> it. But dude, you will not see Eddie Gilbert and Jerry Lawler if you look no. that up. I promise, because that that is, I, I think you're exactly right. I think it's just I've got to take this. Let's just go. Hopefully, you're yeah. not going 50 mile an hour. You know, right. and you know, it's also too kind of shows you like because you know everybody I think should understand and knows that probably Eddie probably looked up to Lawler, you know, obviously, and probably thought of him as somewhat of a hero to him and and Mm -hmm. for sure took something from his career, you know, as a style. And if you think about it, you know, that's almost like I'm going to hit the guy that I look up to one of the most and boom, here it is, you know. So it's almost like you hitting Gypsy Joe with a car, but he would have just got up and said harder, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> or hit you hitting Chris Champion with a car, you know? I mean, golly. But, yeah. yeah. A, a very, oh, my God, memorable moment. And you know what? That is an underrated moment, even today. Even though 
I know I've been running in the Memphis circles now, being on this show with you and knowing all the people in Nashville and things like that. You know, I've yeah. got I'm becoming an adoptee of Memphis. But when it comes down to it, man, that I think that moment is not as big as it should be. And even though it is big to the right people, yeah. it's just not as big. It, it should be. They should play that randomly on WWE, even though they Larry Burton or somebody owns the rights to that. But anyway. Yeah. 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 Great stuff, man. So my number six is, again, seems like kindergarten compared to the high school that you just talked about. But <laughs> this was an oh, my God moment up until this point. It, you know, this would have never been heard of. So it was a episode 1987. Andre is on Piper's pit. For some reason, Bobby Heenan standing beside him. And this is kind of a two-parter, okay? Yeah. Bobby Heenan standing beside him, and that doesn't make any sense. And so, Andre, I want to talk to Hulk Hogan, you know. (laughs) And Hogan comes out, rips his shirt off. I remember rips his necklace. I remember he cut his chest a little bit, which only added to the shock of it. His, His considered best friend just turned on Hulk Hogan. And then... That led into probably the main point of this oh my god moment, Hogan slamming Andre, which uh, dude blew my mind at the time, you know. Yeah. Even that though, was on my list as well. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really put the beginning, you know, the interview and the, all that. I didn't mine is just more the slam now okay internet uh, YouTube all that. We know that that was not the first time that Andre had been slammed. Right. I thought it was. I'm sorry. When I was right. a kid, we all did. And you legit pop for that. And now you see, you know, and it was even the bump looked a little bit awkward. I mean, you, he spun for him really good, but it still looked a little weird. So right. it, it looked like Hogan really picked him up and slammed him um, to me. And now you, you watch some old stuff of Andre. I didn't know that, that motherfucker could move like that, man. There's some old stuff of him in Japan and shit, uh, bumping, getting up, taking a fucking drop kick and fucking spilling over the top rope from the drop kick. I mean, he could move doing it. Yeah. We really got to know slower Andre, you know, yeah. Yeah, the, the Andre really. I mean, honestly, the first time I remember seeing Andre is is him with the big fro and he's smiling and he's a nice guy. But I don't really remember super skinny Andre or skinnier Andre. I don't that one in the seventies, man, where he's like you said, he's bumping, feeding, running, doing everything. I mean, I think, I, I, I think. If you haven't seen that, and I know most of our listeners probably have, go back and watch some young Andre. That's some crazy stuff, man. So, But, you know, that would have been totally different, that match, that slam. Everything would have been totally different. But it did look like Hogan basically muscled him up there, and at least to make it look like a slam, because it didn't look like Andre gave him much, even though he probably gave him all he could, you know. But, yeah. What a what a what a never happen again kind of guy he is. Because even though they have that almost guy and Paul yeah. White, none of yeah. them have the element that Andre had. None of them are oh my god. I mean Andre could really be on this, you know, <laughs> like oh my god, you know. And then we heard Dirty White Boy talking about him, how he could bounce the bed and like you know Lynn Denton would <laughs> bounce up bed. and de- yeah, flip the bed over and yeah. So without a tractor. 
Without a tractor, exactly. Yeah. Well, that was number six. You want to? How about this, Wolfie D? So this has been oh my god moments. How about we catch our breath real quick and we'll come right back after these messages and we'll do the top five. You cool with that? Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back after these messages. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here, and if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. All right, we're back. And we're going to do the top five now. And because I went first, I'm going to let you go first on this. Not to mention the fact that you have fucked up my top five, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I've already talked about three of my fucking things that are on here. So I got well, two. Who left that possibly you haven't talked about? May may make the listeners say, oh, my God. You know, yeah. so, yeah. Well, my number five. Let's the listeners know we don't work this, man. I don't we know do you. not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we are absolutely shooting on this because I even said, hey, man, I'm going to send you a picture. You're like, no, I'm not doing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah I want to think of my own. Yeah. So, well, my number five and probably this one should be number one because I don't, I don't even – no, if really any of my top four should be above this one, but because I, I, I don't know that it's because we really didn't see it happen, and it just you know the the way things went. The the part of it is is the actual happening of it. Then the part of the other oh my god is that they kept going after it happened, yeah. but is Owen Hart's death. And, yeah. you know, him doing the sting out of the rafters and he's the blue blazer and he's kind of being like this funny superhero where he's kind of clumsy and stuff. And, you know, it was supposed to be somewhat botched. And the worst part about it was earlier in the night, there was like a spot with blood, I think, with Gangrel and Edge or somebody. And anyway, there was blood in the ring and it was on the side of the apron and it looked like that was Owen's blood. And I think that's still kind of like out there as a thing, but I think that has been, you know, disputed and said, that's not actually Owen's blood. I I have a feeling if that were the case, they would have changed the canvas completely out. Mm, Who knows? But but yeah, anyway, dude, I'm not a hundred percent on the amount of feet that he fell from, but it was enough to kill him. And yeah, yeah I mean, anytime anybody dies doing this and to be, as you know, you can die at any moment in the yeah. ring, whether you're like, you know, Larry Booker who dies kind of just cause he has a heart attack and slumps over and everybody right. still thinks it's going or at the same time, other things. But yeah, this was definitely an, Oh my God moment for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, uh, that was what year? What year was that? Oh, man, I want to say, what's that? 97? I think it was 99. 99? Yeah. yeah. But I guess my point was that it was after I was gone. Uh, right. 
And to be honest with you, I can't imagine being there that night and, and just everybody still having to go work. And yeah, I mean, yeah. cause that's just, uh, it was crazy, man. Hey, can you imagine being the first match right after that? Oh um, man. That'd be, you know, you just saw last year, um, the Cincinnati Bengals guy that had the heart attack and, and he didn't die, but they, they, they stopped the game. The guy from the Bills that happened to Mar Hamlin or whatever, and or maybe that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. And but, then you know he's he's like he lived through it and thank God, but he's like a god to football now, you know. Yeah. And and it's kind of how they treat Owen, and that's a good thing. But just to put this in perspective, Wolfie D, think about it as let's just say it happened on a show you were on, and you were the match right after that. In your mind, would you be able to continue, or show must go on, or yeah, would, I mean, in your mind, would you be just totally out of it? I mean, I guess that would probably depend on too late. It's one of the boys, period. Okay, sure, yeah. But then on how close are you to that person? I mean, but still just one of the boys, I don't care if your best buddies or not. And it's still a, you know, that would be very strange, man. Very strange. And the strange part is they're talking to Jeff Jarrett in the back. And this is as Owen rolls by and Jeff's got to cut a promo, you know, and dude, that's, that's brutal, you know, brutal. And they were, they were really tight at that time, you know? So, yeah. All right. Let's see here. That was your number five. All right. So, yes, sir. <laughs> my number five, we've already talked about it, is Hogan, Hogan slamming Andre. Um, so, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and go do my number four. How's that? Go for it. That's All cool. Right. So, my number four is, um, man, the Lawler Kaufman match. Yeah. Uh, the, the back suplex, you know, the pile. That's, I think, the, I've said this to, uh, I, I like I watched that so many times, and I I thought it was I'm pretty sure it was a shoot in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it it is, but it ain't. Lawler probably just in my mind. I'm thinking, you know, he threw a stiff one on that fucking comedian fucker. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, exactly. Yeah, for dogging the business, man, and yeah. uh, because I don't give a fuck. He he did stuff him on that back suplex. Yeah. Now. The fucking pile drivers, you know, he, uh, his pile drivers always look good, obviously. But right. you don't, you, you know, I, okay, nowadays, <laughs> you see a lot of people throwing each other on their heads and not taking care of each other. But that right there was a, a sick bump, man, especially for a dude that didn't bump. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but, yeah, man, that that was my, oh, my God. It, generally, the whole match, but that right there, the, I've wondered, you know, if it fucked him up. I really did. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, if you think about it, like, he can take, you know, you can't really stiff someone on a pile driver without almost killing them. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. on that backdrop, I mean, you can definitely stiff them and show them, hey, this is real, you know? Yeah. And and you can pretty much keep keep them in somewhat safe shape, you know? Yeah. And it's going to hurt, but it's not going to kill but him. He folded that motherfucker up, man. He, he sure did. His, his back of his head and tips of his toes were touching the mat. The same yeah. Way. <laughs> exactly. He was like a folding chair, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this is a funny thing to talk about real quick since we had to skip over your f- five, really, because we <laughs> talked about so much. But, okay, you know, nowadays, like the Logan Paul, the celebrity that have come in and kind of changed how celebrities are in wrestling, right? How do you feel like Kaufman did for his time in that match as a chicken shit heel, basically? How do you I, think he did? did what he was supposed to do, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
the stalling and all that stuff, and then finally getting the headlock. You know, yeah, yeah. He yeah. did what he was supposed to do. Yeah, and you know he he'd wrestled women up to the and some of them women were wildcats, man. They. <laughs> You know, they were not going to get beaten. And, you know, I don't know. Were all of those women at work or were they all? I I don't know, to be honest with you. Yeah. Positive. Yeah. I've never fought a woman, but I've known some women I would not have fought. Let's just say that, you know, uh, I'm not going to fight any woman. Let's just say that I'm not like that. But what I mean by that is like there are some of them that would probably claw your eyeballs out you know and you know anyway so my number four again you know it's so funny yours have such a reality element to them and mine are sometimes kind of funny but this one actually i still don't know if it was a work or if it was a shoot i think it's always been up in the air but i think one of the biggest oh my god moments that was part of the business that didn't involve a death but did involve a heart is the montreal screw job I was deep into my my fandom at this point. I was watching every pay-per-view, every Nitro, every Raw, you know, and because we figured out at that point you could watch Raw live and then watch Nitro on the taped. You know, you they re- repeated Nitro, even though in the terms of things, I preferred WCW mm-hmm. you, to get more wrestling. I watched Nitro uh, Raw live and then Nitro later, mm-hmm. you know. But what's weird about it all is – so you'd never seen such the the curtain pulled back of a real life story coming through. And in my thing, I think, come on, Brett, you can't get beat in Canada. I mean, and I, I also see Brett's side of things, too, because, I, you know, I don't know. Who, who would you say you got along with more? You probably knew Sean more, right? Than- um, yeah, yeah. But also uh, almost got a fight with him you know right right <laughs> i mean i know how so I, you knew how sean was at that time exactly yeah so i mean if you've got someone that's acting like sean did at that time and you've got brett coming from you know second generation superstar super serious about the it, business legitimately stretch sean if he wanted to exactly really put him in a pretzel yeah. and and when it comes down to it though i i did come out i was more of a fan of Bret hart growing up anyway mm-hmm. but when it came down to it though i did feel bad for brett because i felt like they should have just said hey look brett goes over here and then he could drop it the next night or whatever but you know, the hawker on Vince's face, nobody had ever seen that happen before. And, you know, crazy stuff, man. But I still don't know. And I mean, Scott Hall had always said that he thought it was a work. And yeah, which is funny to me because he knows Sean so well, you know? Yeah. It, but I, I know some people have pretty much debunked it as being a, uh, a shoot. But man, I'm just the old jaded wrestler in me. Everything's a fucking work, man. Everything's a work. Yeah. <laughs> That's a make your shit live on forever, you know? Right, right. Yeah. We'll see, man. So what's your number three, brother? Oh, we already talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> my number three, and I'm just going to tell you, my number two has already been talked about. So uh, New Jack, Vic Grimes, number three, Super Fly Jimmy Stucka jumping off the cage on Morocco, number two. And, you know, I mean, what else can we say about those two things, man? You know? Yeah. Both high bumps. <laughs> yeah. Both, both big falls, you yeah. know? 
And well, then I mean, controlled, you know, and the other one wasn't. <laughs> one was controlled, and one the other, and the other one wasn't. You're exactly right. I don't know which is the better landing: landing on Morocco controlled or yeah. landing yes. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. But yeah, we've talked about it, man. You know, it's funny. We've had listeners ask a lot about the Gypsy Joe New Jack thing. New Jack. You just couldn't tell sometimes, right? Where yeah. the, you know, right. where the real and the work. That is absolutely true. Yeah. Well, my number three, I'll just knock out my three and number two at the same time. So number three I, my, for me. You're going to knock out my number one in the process. <laughs> I am. That's funny. <laughs> I think, I'm, I'm thinking. I don't know. Okay. Well, my number three was the biggest shock I can remember because I never thought it would ever happen. And number three is Vince McMahon buys WCW. And mm. that was just I, seeing Vince McMahon on Nitro blew my mind. Seeing Shane McMahon on Nitro blew my mind, but then seeing Vince McMahon on Nitro. And it was really crazy watching them both at the same time, flipping back and forth. Now, admittedly, Nitro had gone through some rough times. It was not quite on the same level that it used to be but when it comes down to it seeing Vince McMahon on Nitro that was nuts and I never ever thought that he would buy the company you know yeah I don't don't think anybody really did maybe you know maybe some of the old timers you know business type people over something right everybody's yeah, I guess we're probably thinking more along Mr. McMahon instead of Vince K. McMahon but um, yeah man the thing that I hated about it was when they tried to, you know, he had already bought it and then tried to make it as if it was still competition and the whole ECW that wasn't actually ECW. I was just like, eh, I couldn't get into that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think, you know, because, I mean, everybody knew it was his. It wasn't competition no more. Right. Well, you know, so my number two, I think, is probably what I'm considering your number one, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not right on this. So we'll see. But so why don't you go ahead and say your number one, and then <laughs> right. I, I'll see if it's the same thing. <laughs> All right. So my number one is uh, it's Mankind, The uh, Undertaker, Hell in a Cell. Mankind gets thrown off the top of the cage. That's the one bump that everybody remembers. But, it, you know. Let's not forget the choke slam through the fucking cage. Right. <laughs> the way right. he landed. Oh, God. And, right. Uh, yeah, that's a long way down to land that fucked up. But that, the, the throw off the cage, man, too, that that was crazy off the, to the table. That was a wild fucking bump that I wouldn't fucking take. <laughs> exactly, man. Dude. Yeah. This, add to this. Um, I remember another oh my god moment from Cactus Jack, and uh, nobody was doing shit like that, man. Uh, I think it was Mill Mascaris he was working, and he drop kicked uh, Jack off the uh, Foley off the uh, the apron, and he flat backed it on the pavement. You know? Yes. Yeah. And th- that just I was like, holy shit! I remember asking my my wrestling friend buddy, I was like, man, did you see that shit? Yeah. <laughs> And that was during the Bill Watts time where I think they had taken up the padding all around the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. Didn't hit no padding. Yeah. And then he was constantly doing the the, the nasty plunge where he would, you know, I I recently saw Mark Briscoe do that on AEW Dynamite. He actually ran and, you know, he would do the run and jump and elbow onto the guy on the pavement. And, dude. So that probably move right there has led to some of Mick's issues, but there's yeah. no question that Hell in a Cell match probably wrecked him for life. You know, it's one interesting thing that 
I had heard recently that I didn't know at the time is that all those cages, they were held up with zip ties they, at the top of the cell. Mm-hmm. And apparently, you know, him and Undertaker are walking around on it. And, the you yep. know, Undertaker, as he's walking on it, he says they can he can hear those zip ties popping as they're mm-hmm. walking. And yeah. he's like, this thing's going to go at any minute now. Thought that zip ties was gonna hold up on all that shit. <laughs> I know. I mean, because what was Mick was probably three hundred, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. And then Taker with his size was probably a good three hundred. So yeah. I mean, dude, that's yeah. Zip <laughs> ties are strong, but <laughs> yeah, not not six hundred pounds plus walking around. They, they were used a great deal on my Halloween wrestling ring. <laughs> so they are the MVPs of your Halloween. You know, oh, you know. oh, hundred. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's a good thing. I've even used them on a weed eater before, but that's a whole other story. But anyway, so yeah, my number two is the same thing: Mankind, Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, nineteen ninety eight at King of the Ring. And yeah, there's really not a lot more you can say about it. The, the, the fact that you know mix teeth comes out and like you know I remember them showing it and then Terry Funk comes out and he's like hey this is a shoot y'all seriously let's call this man and they still did they finished the match and I I would say that that match did as much for Mick as getting getting him over as a you know a baby face honestly it's crazy to think about it when somebody takes such a beating and that turns out it's almost like Ricky Morton you know what I mean in the spot where uh, Mick had, he was handcuffed, but his yeah. hands behind his back and taking yes. all the chairs. Yeah. 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 Are you talking about when the rock's doing it to him yeah. in the head? Yeah. He's got a long list of things uh, that would suck. Yeah. Can you, I mean, but you know, dude, what's funny is like, I, I feel like there was something that was said earlier on in the, you know, like Mick was like, make sure you're, they're bringing it, you know, and the rock is bringing it. Like he's oh, like, yeah. Like Mark McGuire up there hitting home runs, Barry Bonds, he's cranking it on his head, man. And they're unprotected chair shots. Oh, my Lord. Oh, how many concussions? Do you th- I mean, it was just like, I don't know. I'm sure. How many concussions have you had? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I don't know what the number would be. I mean, oh, quite a few. It depends on, I guess, what you would consider that. I mean, they say just the uh, seeing could- stars. Yeah. Again, taking your ramming your head into the turnbuckle. It may not be hard, but it's that sudden stop where your brain goes forward. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's brutal, man. And I don't know, man. I, 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 I just, I hope that he doesn't end up with some sort of dementia. You know, I know that a lot of those can lead to dementia and things like that later in life. But I do know you can look at Mick now and watch him walk around and see that he's not. A pain-free life let's just say that but, right man well my number one is probably the most markish thing i can say on this whole thing but it really isn't it, i don't think i can top the mankind undertaker with this one but i just remember my brother and i with my cousin we watched every wcw pay-per-view because my uncle had one of them cable gimmicks you know what i'm saying where you could watch yeah. all the free pay-per-views you wanted yeah. and it was like a what was it they they doctored the card or whatever in your 
satellite box. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I miss those days, man. But <laughs> <laughs> so the Hulk Hogan heel turn and joining the NWO, I remember, you know, he wasn't in the match. Something should have told us Sting Luger and Macho Man are taking on two guys and the two guys have the three guys beat and <laughs> out comes Hogan. And you think Hogan's coming out to save the day and boom, leg drop joins the NWO. Seems mm. like seems like Wonder Bread compared to the Mankind Undertaker match, but mm. I just remember, you know, because dude, like the Rock and Roll Express, the Road Warriors, you know, really were our babyface tag teams that we loved. And mm. but as far as a single star, I, all of us were Hogan marks. You yeah. know that, yeah. that. You know, it's funny. I've talked to so many wrestlers about Mount Rushmore's and stuff, and most of them put Hogan on there because even if you weren't a fan of him as a kid, the idea of him. And what he did for the business, you know, yeah, is, sure. as far as getting it to the mainstream is never going to be topped because he yeah. was the first to do it, you know, and yeah. then turning I, I really heel, hate, you know, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's cool. It's just he turned heel and ruined all of that. So that was <laughs> it was like, you know, I was probably let's see, it was, uh, you know, 96. So I was like almost 18 at the time. And it was 18 years of Hogan as the ultimate baby face. And then boom, mm -hmm. it's over. So, yeah, man, I, I really uh, hate the fact that, like, you know, here in recent times, he's kind of tarnished his, you know, his image and, and all that kind of stuff. And some of it, I wonder if he's a fucking liar or if, uh, you know, Hulk's wrestled a long time before he got over. He had wrestled a while. Yeah. I mean, he's he's taking his first share of fucking bumps and, and concussions. We were talking about that. Uh, I wonder if his memory just doesn't serve him right, or if he's just full of shit. I don't know. You hear well, a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean, they full of shit. But that your memory, especially when you have concussions and things like that, even people that don't have them in traumatic situations, even like a somebody that witnesses a crime, violent crime, or something. Their memory may be a hundred percent what they think they saw, but right. it may not be true. You know? So. Yeah, well, like Cornette does whole episodes on Hogan's lies. And Hogan has told some big ones. Like he's yeah. told he told the fact that he was gonna be player for the Cincinnati Reds, and that was like a macho man thing. Yeah. And he also told that he was offered the bass player position for Metallica after Cliff Burton died. I mean, he's mm -hmm told some pretty stiff lies yeah but but recently he was on rogan and i do feel like some of it is his memory and and i do feel like some of it may be the showman in him so like he's on joe rogan all right and he's probably thinking okay i'm gonna feed joe rogan and joe rogan represents his listener base yeah. he's not realizing that just with him being on it may be something that somebody that's never listened to rogan before would listen to so right. being a hogan fan or a yeah. wrestling fan now it just so happens i listened to rogan and i i was a hogan fan or am a hogan fan hogan he tells us hogan and rogan that's a new podcast there it is but so hogan says the story he was talking about wrestling in puerto rico and you know it was like well it wasn't too many years after that that you know they you know uh, a guy took brody in the shower and uh slit his throat well we know that brody didn't get his throat cut 
That was not how he died. You know, it was a stab to the abdomen, you know, and he bled out. And, but he told this story to Rogan and I almost feel like if it's the worker in him to where he wants to make it more shocking than what it was, you know? And I don't know because we all know that Brody did not die of a throat slit. I mean, that would be well known if that were the way that he died, you know? Yeah. But man, it's just, I I do feel like possibly it is some memory, but I do feel like it's a little bit of the worker and he sees like where he's at in his life or who he's with. And he's starting to kind of work everyone a little bit. (laughs) I wonder what he, I would love to hear him and Jimmy Hart talk with one another without anyone else around. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? I would love to hear what they talk about. Like, I mean, can you imagine what those conversations are like? I mean, yeah. Yeah, be a, be a fly on the wall for those. Hey, yeah, now baby, baby, love you, baby. Yeah, love you too, brother. Love you too, brother. But hey, brother, we really got to screw these dudes over. I need big money for this one, brother. If you know what I'm saying, you know. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, I I love Hogan and I respect him, but at the same time, I, I either think it's his memory, which we know talking to you, it's funny. Sometimes in the middle of talking about your career, you did it. You were there. You're like, yeah, man. I don't. I don't have a clue. I don't remember wrestling Dusty Rhodes. I don't remember this or that. But then. A month later, you'll be on the show and be like, hey, man, did you hear this story? And I'm like, bro, I asked you that, and you know, you didn't remember. And you're like, well, I do now. <laughs> so yeah, that man. there's – it may be memory. It could be traumatic memories. It could be actually him embellishing a little. Or I, I would hate to say brother's an all-out liar, but, yeah. I mean, the, the whole but, idea, you know. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible, yeah. Well, that was it. That was my top number one, oh my God, moment for this list. And yeah, I don't know. It was a whole good list, I think. You know, we did have some doubles there, but yeah. Thinking back on some of those things, I I swear if if the people that are listening haven't watched some of those, go watch them, man. Or you can find them on YouTube. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I do have a couple honorable mentions, I want to say. And these, I just didn't feel like I wanted to put them on the list. And maybe I could have in other places. But obviously, the Benoit murder suicide deal, that was definitely an oh, my God. I remember watching news for like three days straight because that's all they were talking about. And they were talking to different guys and these things. And I think that was an oh, my God moment, but not really something I wanted to put my list. And then the other one. Obviously, that was horrible, but this one was an oh my god moment in a totally realistic way. And because it was real, was Lawler's heart attack. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, I, I'm sure. Can you imagine? Can you remember when you heard about that happening? And then, yeah, I'm sure. You were texting, and everybody was texting you. And you know, yeah, what what did you do when you heard about it? Who told you about it? Do you remember? Um, man. I don't remember. I know that uh, I had quite a few uh, conversations after he had it um, with uh, Stacy Carter. Uh, she was kind of keeping me informed. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember who told me initially what that had happened. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty, oh my God, though. Cause, yeah. And there's yeah. a couple, I, I, um, there's a couple other things I thought about putting on. Uh, one of them was just the first time, and I'm pretty sure it was on Memphis TV, uh, the first time I ever saw Scott Steiner do the Frankensteiner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that popped me big. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. cool move right there. Dude, uh, 
also the uh the ladder matches from the attitude era now the, mostly the the hardys and edge and then fuckers took some crazy fucking bumps man dude that spear that edge did man yeah. wow yeah, yeah. You know, speaking about Scott Steiner, so I recently had Tommy Angel on the Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling podcast, and everybody knows who Tommy Angel is. If you watched any kind of, you know, if you watched any, if you paid attention to any of the enhancement talent from that time, you know who Tommy Angel is. Well, Tommy Angel tells the story that Scott Steiner's coming in, and he works his first match in, in Crockett with Tommy Angel. Well, they come to the back, and Dusty's like, that's the shit. <laughs> that was the shit. And uh, and Tommy does a good Dusty Rhodes. Well, he says, I need you to go to Memphis and learn how to work. And uh, then so Scott went to Memphis and actually got better and then came back. Hmm. So that's funny that that's where, you know, that's where he went to learn how to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? And you're right. He got bigger there. And then he also did the Frankensteiner. I mean, yeah. and then he turned into a, a megastar, you know, right. but. But anyway, that it's just funny that it was, you know, he went to Memphis to learn how to do this business, you know, yeah. so no better yeah. place. To learn. No better place. No better place. Well, yeah, that's that's it for the oh, my God moments, man. So do you uh, do you by chance feel like, oh, my Godding a couple of questions <laughs> that we may have from the listeners? <laughs> oh, my God, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be right back with Ask Wolfie Anything. DJ. Oh, my God. <laughs> DJ, hit the music. Right, we are back with Ask Wolfie D anything. And Wolfie, you know, we had a great show, top 10 oh my god moments. I hope the listeners enjoyed it as much as we did making it. Mm -hmm. We got a few questions here from the listener base, and I will ask them and see what you think here. So, the number one first question is from Dustin Phillips, and I believe he was Slacker J, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, old Slacker. He says, Hey, Wolf, my mentor, I want you to speak about what you thought about Belladonna, aka. Roxanne and what you thought about her being a part of the new church and how you feel about how she pulled off her character in the church, as well as how you think she did in the program with AMW and all of the sick bumps she took during it. Please be honest on what your opinion of her character and her execution. Just wanted to hear what you have to say. No pressure. Just if you have time. <laughs> Love you, my friend, my mentor and teacher, Wolfie D. Oh, slacker J. Um, I know that I've talked about this before that I've, I loved her being in it. I loved it. Yeah. Added. She added to it. I mean, right. No doubt about it. She added to it. Um, I, I thought we looked like a better group uh, as opposed to just me, Brian and Jim, not that it didn't look good, but to have her with us and just the, yeah, the bumps and all that. I mean, she was always where she was supposed to be and all that. Um, she played that little, that character pretty well. Yeah. Uh, really, I shouldn't say pretty well, real well. And, and just like the, like me and her didn't talk about that spot where uh, we won the belts and I'm bleeding and she comes down there and, you know, grabs the blood off my head and starts rubbing it on her chest. And, you know, we didn't talk about that. She was doing right. right. And cool. Yeah. Stuff like that makes, you know, just adds to it. Like these fuckers are sick. Right. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. 
Yeah, Slacker, man. You you know I was a big fan of hers. So um, that's that's that. Yeah, man. She she added to the church. I I hated it when they got rid of her. So yeah, that, that's that's true. But you know, when I asked you at one point, I was like, okay, in your mind, who is the new church? You know, you, obviously yeah. you had sin, you had. Flash, you had Crowbar, you had all these other guys, The Wall, Jerry, you know, Malice. But in your mind, it was you, Brian, her, and Jim. And that was your your crew. That was my favorite part. And that's knock on nobody else. It just, that's the one that was being pushed. And it was, uh, you know, we had more opportunity in that. And I just, I liked it. (laughs) Yeah, I I like it too. Yeah. So, all right, that's a thank you, Slacker Jay, for asking that question. We definitely appreciate it. So the next one, this one's interesting because we've talked about this a little bit before, I think, with some other of our, our guests. But so this is Ryan Sam Squanch, and that's the real name. Ryan Sam Squanch from Facebook. Okay. <laughs> How do you spell that? Well, it's it's so it, what it is is it's from Trailer Park Boys. Have you ever oh. watched that show? Well, they're Canadian guys and they live in a trailer park. It's a hilarious show, honestly. It's I love it. And that's what he calls Sasquatch. Okay. The guy with the glasses and the funny face bubbles. That's what he calls Bigfoot or Sam Squanch. It's a Sam Squanch. Anyway, so Ryan Sam Squanch on Facebook says <laughs> this. He says, thoughts on the wrestling commissions being strict on blood? Um, I've, I've said that. Yeah. Um, Ian Rotten fucked that up. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and, and then also, man, I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Um, I have bled with dudes that I probably wish I would have known better. Not to say that I've ever contracted anything. I know what's happened to others. Uh, but man, uh, if you're going to do it, uh, this, day and age i would say that yeah I mean, it needs to be regulated <laughs> the boys need to be uh you know tested and shit you know yeah yeah i mean and i'm i'm one that's sitting here with a whole bunch of scars on my head because i bled a lot right so, oh, right that was then yeah yeah and i mean dude let's be honest okay so you i feel like you probably tried to bleed when it made sense and Possibly sometimes a little more, but also mostly you tried to make at least, hey, this means something, you know. But yeah, but for also the fact that you know you're you're working those towns, uh, doing the loop, and this match has to coincide with what's on TV every single night. Right. So if we're doing something where I got to bleed. I got to do it in every town. Yeah, the loop. You're bleeding through the loop, and yeah. you know, and your head. Gets- fucking sore bro <laughs> oh i bet man oh my god bro did you ever deal with like any infections or anything no no that's good yeah. no but um i mean it would be to the point where okay i bled last night um i gotta be careful with this so that it you know doesn't bleed before i want it to or you know right. it's pretty easy to bust it back open when you're you know your heart rate's up and you're on right. the or if I needed to bleed and, you know, had just bled a day or two, maybe I'd just tell somebody punch me in it. <laughs> yeah. Just, 
pop it open. Open it up. Yeah. I remember like it was yesterday reading this dirt sheets. This was like when the internet, you had to turn the internet on and it was, you know, that noise and it wake up the whole house. That was horrible. You know, trying to download pictures of Sonny at two in the morning when your mom and dad were asleep and stuff. But anyway, (laughs) so the parts about that is, is that I remember reading the dirt sheets at that time. I was very into the dirt sheets and I can't remember if Dave Meltzer or Wade Keller, one of those dudes reported this, but that Sabu did some sort of surgery to make his forehead bleed easier to wear yeah. now. And that makes no sense now. No. <laughs> I, yeah. What that is, is dude cuts himself so much that basically what you just said, you can punch yeah. him and he'll bleed. So yeah. it looks like a hard way, but really it's just cutting, opening up an old wound. And I would assume that if you do that enough, there is some sort of thinning of the skin up there because you're you know and also there probably is some scar tissue too with him mm-hmm. but but anyway yeah, I, the skin can get thin on um, some of those like uh i remember captain lou man uh I, I met him in wwf and I, I know now that i think he was working me but i i just kind of laughed and said oh really okay but he he said something like i don't know it was like how are you doing Oh, no, no, right, whatever, and said something about, I just uh, had my head sanded, get the scars off, and I, was, I believed it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. How would he say that out of nowhere, you know? I mean, we weren't talking about his head, even though it did, like it was discolored and uh, uh, like, a, like a lighter color than the skin around it. So right, I, right. Okay, it does look like it got sanded or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he went and had that procedure done. No, no. It was also like the theory that, you know, because I think what's his name? Uh, Freddie, Freddie Blassie would have his teeth sharpened, but it was really, I think, dentures or something that he would sharpen with a file and stuff. And anyway, so, you know, we're thinking, oh, my God, how could you do that to your teeth? Are you that crazy? You know, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, some crazy stuff. But if you look at Ric Flair's forehead, there are some lighter spots there that that have changed color, even though he tans, you know, he can't get that dark. So, but anyway, yeah, the art of the juice. So, okay. So the last one, and this is, this is interesting because you have talked about this a little bit, but maybe he's got a different angle on this. So this is our final question of the day. And this is Kyle Vaughn from Facebook. And he says, ask Wolfie what happened with that Leia Hulan woman (laughs) who used to sponsor a lot of pro wrestling. And then her and Chase started the Arcadian Wrestling Association and hyped it up in the area, brought in decent talent, but only had four to five shows and then didn't run anymore. I just thought it was always weird that she spent so much money for so many years sponsoring local shows. Then she runs four to five that you can tell she tried to put some money into only to kind of get out really quick and not have anything to do with local pro wrestling at all anymore. What was the story there? I mean, plain and simple without fucking burying people. um, She was not faithful to her husband and she was partying a lot and yeah that's what happened (laughs) okay that makes that makes a lot of sense so i I check and check yeah it may not be when i say uh, you know not to bury anybody it quite frankly could be a number of people (laughs) okay gotcha yeah i'm not one of them but right you know 
Right. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That was a, a good thing, man. But just again, just it was. Um, you can't run a company like that when everybody's partying. You know. Yeah. You yeah. Just can't. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, did you? You probably worked all those shows, didn't you? I'm sure I worked most of them. Uh, I actually booked some of it um, until Chase and I had a had a falling out. And and also my elbow when I tore my elbow that was there for the gotcha yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, but yeah then we just we had a falling out over disagreement and you know we didn't talk for a while so yeah but yeah that's what uh, I um, have heard happened quick question not that you maybe know or not is she still with her husband that she was married to uh, I feel like I heard they got divorced. Gotcha. Okay. But maybe he put his foot down and said, not no more. And so she stopped, she chilled out. And then that's what caused her to stop messing with wrestling. Cause dude, I remember I worked for saw and all the time you can see stickers and koozies and she would drop by and have Mm -hmm. grumpy bell bond stuff. And Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, that's, that's money into it, man. But yeah, it's just one of those things that happens, man. I've seen it a billion times, you know, right. Right, she comes in, wants to start a wrestling company. They start out good, then they stop listening. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like maybe listen to the people. And I've seen that from you before. I've seen you say something like, I don't understand why he's wanting me to do this because it's, you know, I kind of know what I'm doing. Yeah, I've heard you say that. Like, and I don't know what it was about or why it was what what you said or whatever, but I remember you were a little hot about, like, you know, man, I know what I'm doing. I don't know really what uh, is the deal here. Why is he wanting me to do this? But I couldn't tell you what it was about. It might have been something just small that just annoyed you. But anyway, (laughs) yeah. I think get annoyed. Yeah. You get annoyed about somebody booking and wrestling. I can never see that, but (laughs) anyway, yeah. Thank you, Kyle, for that question. Thank all of our listeners for those awesome questions. Definitely appreciate you, Sam Squanch. Appreciate you, Slacker J. And, uh, you know, Brian Turner, he always puts over Slacker J. I I don't know Slacker that well. I I don't know if I've ever met him. Yeah. I know you, you, you like him and he's a good kid, but I just don't think I ever got to meet him. I think he had, (laughs) gotten out of the business by the time i got in so anyway though thank you all awesome questions we definitely appreciate it thank you all for listening to the top 10 oh my god moments right that's awesome yeah that was a fun show yeah i I like these top 10s especially when it's about a good topic you know and sometimes we don't want to do you know there's some ideas out there that let me just put this to rest okay a lot of you i sent out a thing about top 10 you know, like give us some top tens that you want us to cover. And there are some great ones that y'all ask for. Some of them love y'all to death. Thank you for listening. But like greatest seventies cage matches, you know, (laughs) I don't know that Wolfie and I are the best people for that one. You know what I'm saying? But just because here's the thing, like I was born in 78. You were what? Like 75. Is that 73? I was trying to make you younger. Wolfie. (laughs) Anyway, 50 Jimmy. And I'm on. You're going to be 50 in a month, and we'll have to celebrate that. But here's the thing. I don't remember watching a ton of 70s wrestling. Now, I did later on, but as far as it was like hits and misses, it wasn't like me sitting down and watching an entire run of something. So to be able to give you the greatest cage matches of the 70s, I just don't know if that's our wheelhouse, right? I mean, am I wrong? Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, we require a lot of backstage work, right? So research and yeah yeah so in theory we thank you for asking 
us to do those shows and thank you for entrusting us with that idea. But when it comes down to it, some of those really super duper specific top tens, that's just kind of difficult. Yeah. Yeah, All, All due respect. And, and, you know, now, we can talk about pretty much anything from 80 on to now. I mean, right. but not even now. I don't really, we've kind of made that decision too. We don't really want to talk current stuff either. But yeah, everybody, every podcast does that. It, it does. And to be that guy, I got to ask you one more time because we talked about it with the little dirty white boy. But have you heard all this stuff about Father Jim? And then, you know, obviously you sent me a text of the message <laughs> you sent back with him. But apparently the deal was that Billy asked him to do it. And so, you know, now whoever idea it was at the start, and then he got the okay from Billy to do it. That's one thing. But now that WWE, apparently their NXT show is going to be on CW. And so a lot of people are feeling that that Jim Mitchell spot on a pay-per-view costs the CW and NWA working. I was blown away by it. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I'm like, holy cow, man. You know, um, we, you know, I say we, um, I I partied back in the day. That's no fucking secret. Um, Right. Right. But to have it on (laughs) pay-per-view, I just was like, oh my God. I know. This is kind of crossing the line, I think. (laughs) Yeah. It it reminds me of a funny story. I, 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 if you want to say something else about this, yeah, but I, I got a really good story here. No, I was just saying, is it too, like, there? it's too reality-based, almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jim also said, who says it was cocaine? That's what he said to me, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody says it's cocaine, Jim. So, so uh, <laughs> now, listen. What what people that I talk about do today nowadays I don't know you know what I'm saying we sure. all started sure. partying back then that's again no secret right and, uh, ECW at the hotel and uh, Tommy Rich uh, had like called me from another room <laughs> asking me if I had any okay and I'm like nah I don't and I didn't right I might have been out or something like that but right. I, like there was a reason he would ask but at the same time right i get it yeah Uh, Yeah. maybe he was out but right right (laughs) right he i I kept telling him no he swore i was lying to him and okay tommy come on come on up here so (laughs) while he's on the way to the room i had a bag or a a bottle of uh, creatine in my fucking wrestling bag and i got it out and i dumped some of it on the table and i cut it up into lines before he got to the room (laughs) oh man oh (laughs) the ending to the story though i just didn't i don't know if i want to say i didn't have the balls to go through with it but he got down there thank you thank you got i mean i let him get almost Oh, salivating, (laughs) salivating. Yeah. Excited. uh, I go, don't, don't, don't. (laughs) Oh, man, it's not real. What what, what are you talking about? (laughs) It's not real. It's fucking creatine. No, it ain't. Then it it wasn't. (laughs) Right. It was was still cocaine. (laughs) Right. It still was. Yeah. Oh, bro. But yeah, uh, once that, he was pissed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Imagine. Matty would have been if I'd have let him do it. Right, right. 
thing. You know, but, yeah, because sometimes if you're excited about anything, the it's like a movie. Like you're really, ex- I'm really excited to see this upcoming movie coming out. They play a trailer, and part of it's the anticipation, and then when it's happening, it's like. Okay, you're not as excited because you're getting it, you know, but the lead up to whatever you're about to do, sometimes it's the anticipation is a whole other high, yeah. you know, and that. and so he's fiending. He's like, Wolvie, you got something for oh, wow, far, you know, and yeah, yeah anyway, man, that's well, at, hey, it shows that you're a real one for not letting him actually do it, but only because I didn't know what it would do to him. Right. <laughs> it would have probably burnt really yeah. bad. I don't know. I yeah, you know I've no. never done anything like that in my life, kids. I'm, you know, <laughs> anyway. So, anyway, yeah, man, horrible, but that's that's funny. And I you've never told that story. That's actually a very original story. So, I'm glad <laughs> I, I I was going to end the show, but I said, "Man, I want to talk that Jim Mitchell thing and Yeah. That's a great story. Thanks, Wolfie. That was awesome. So, yeah, my that you got four questions out of us today, kids. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's really all I got now, Wolf. I promise. Well, all righty then. Uh, that ended with an oh my god story. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. God, let's take it to the his house. <laughs> let's go. All right. Well, thank y'all so much for listening to Live and in Color with who? <laughs> with Wolfie D. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. Hey, 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 it's the Heat Miser Scotty Blaze, and I'm inviting all of y'all to join me on my brand new podcast, Turning Up the Heat with the Heat Miser Scotty Blaze.
What are you waiting for? Come on over and join me. I'll be covering all the events of the day, global, national, pop culture, movies, gaming, whatever sounds interesting. But I'll also be playing some awesome skating shuffle music from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Anything that has a good beat, I'm going to be playing it. You can rest assured. Come on over. T-U-T-H-Radio.com. The podcast is on every major podcast platform. See you then. This is your rock star ring announcer, Aaron Camaro. I'm a man who believes the two greatest art forms ever created are professional wrestling and heavy rock music. So when I'm not hosting the best parties that also happen to be live professional wrestling shows, I'm hosting the Decibel Geek Podcast. Decibel Geek is a weekly podcast that features discussions of all things rock. We're talking the Beatles, the Stones, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Black Sabbath, Kiss, Ozzy, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Alice in Chains, Pantera, and everything in between. Plus, we'll turn you on to new bands from today that have the same spirit and style that the legends do. Decibel Geek is hosted by myself along with Rockin' Pod founder Chris Sinzak and each week you'll get interviews with famous musicians and industry insiders along with informative, entertaining, humorous and insightful discussions and most importantly a passion for the music. So if you love to rock out as much as I do then this is your invitation to the greatest rock and roll party in all of podcasting. It's Decibel Geek, and it's available right now on all major podcast platforms. Oh, yeah. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, They can find me on Facebook. Uh, My personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you.
Rock Street Production.